This is the Fix-It Show on WTMJ. Advice and opinions expressed during the program are solely that of the hosts or guests and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC. There's no such thing as no maintenance when it comes to your home. That's why we bring you the Fix-It Show from 7 to 9 every Saturday. Get your questions ready for our expert home inspector, David Nason from Best Inspections. Here he is with his co-host, Dayton Kane. It's the Fix-It Show on WTMJ. It is our number two, Siding Unlimited and J&B Construction, our sponsors. Thanks to them. And uh, David, we're, we've got a guest on this yeah. hour. We're going to do something a little different. So usually we have contractors on the show that tell us about what they do and how they can fix things. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get a flip perspective on it just a little bit this next segment or two. I have Mike Vitucci on. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Mike. Uh, so how long have you owned properties around the Milwaukee area, Mike? I started buying properties uh, roughly around 2012. Okay. So about a, a decade now you've been working with different properties around the area. And you have um, like residential rental type properties and commercial properties, correct? That's correct. Uh, some are called mixed use where you have commercial on the first floor and residential on the uh, above floors. Okay. All right. Which is perfect. So that's why I want to pick your brain. You've been mm-hmm. dealing with this for a while now and you do, uh, you fix up these properties when you get into them, right? And you keep them well maintained. Obviously, that's what, what you should do when you buy a property. What are some things that you look for when you are choosing a contractor? Well, um, it, it really helps that I have knowledge about um, fixing things myself. I'm a handy guy. So uh, with that said, I like to choose contractors that have great knowledge, obviously um, great references. References go a long way. If you have happy uh, customers and you see the work they've done, that's a good telltale that you got a good person to work with. But um, also realize that when you choose your contractor, if you like two of them, Choose the one that you know you can see yourself working with during this project because, you know, you don't want to butt heads. You want to have somebody that's got integrity, honesty, and is going to not be afraid to tell you, hey, let's, let's, let's do this differently. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that is a good point. It's not yeah. always just about the bottom dollar. Yeah. It's like, is this person going to do the job properly? Can I actually communicate with this individual? Um, good point. Um, so. Obviously, the last few years have been crazy. COVID put a, a spin on the entire world. How has that changed how contractors are dealing with you, like timelines and people getting back to you, that sort of thing? Uh, I never would ever think a contractor would uh, come off as ghosting you, but it's, it's terrible sometimes uh, trying to get timelines scheduled. Um, even now, I deal with contractors dealing with this weather, uh, but what, what I find is, You know, some contractors have supply chain issues. They can't get doors in or windows. They might be two or three weeks out, and then you got freight getting them to the locations. And then you have problems with uh, uh, employees. I mean, these guys, I feel badly for a lot of contractors. They're they're paying a great wage. But people today, they they don't work as hard as they used to. Um, And that's that's a, a shame because there's so many opportunities out there. So these contractors are limited on their schedules to get to you, and it pushes projects further out, so prepare for that. Yeah, right. And I would I would say, too, Mike, you know, kind of what you're saying here is 
if you're a contractor, just be be honest about what's going on and and communicate with your customer, whether it's you as a property manager or a homeowner. Just tell them, you know, I think most people will understand that things happen. And you just, you just got to tell people, hey, you know, we're dealing with this. I'm trying to make it work. So kind of what you're saying, too, with a contractor is how they deal with those situations when things come up, when, you know, a wrench gets thrown in uh, the order or, you know, something gets ordered wrong or delivered wrong. Or what is you as a contractor? How are you handling that? A hundred percent. And also remind people that deer hunting season's coming. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. That limits your pool as well. That's funny. This time of the year, yes, definitely. (laughs) Uh, What are some of the most common issues you find when you're taking over a new property, Mike? Well, um, you know, sometimes you have properties with tenants in them. And I always, always remembered my my, uh, parents would always tell you, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated. And when you have tenants in a building and you just buy it, Let's just say that uh, that their pre their their current uh, property owner has had them in that property for say maybe you know five to ten years. Well, then now I might come in. I'm going to pay a higher price for that property. And my goal is obviously got to pay my mortgage. So you have to be respectful of each other. I would like to update the apartments, or I'd like to. Um, you know, give them a heads up that, hey, listen, I, I paid a higher rent for this, so I'm going to have to raise rents. But I'm very conscious and mindful about uh, being transparent with them to say, look, in one year or two years, this is what I'm planning on doing. So this should give you ample time to decide on where you want to go because these are where my rents will likely be. And sometimes they look at you like, oh, you're evil, but they don't understand that they benefited from the previous landlord. And you being a new landlord is almost creating like a reset. And you got to pay your bills. You can't break even when you buy a property because that's that's a a, a trouble for you. Yeah, interesting, right. interesting point. And yeah. I want to get a little bit more into that because right now, uh, all you hear is, "Oh, property is a great investment. Property, property. I want to be a property manager. My son's in that mode. I want to buy a duplex and be a property manager." I want to talk a little bit about what newbies should expect when they're getting into this situation. So, hang on, if you could, through the break, and we'll come back. Mike Vitucci on with us this hour. It is a fix-it show. Something a little different this morning, but I think it's worth talking about. So, right. The Old National Bank talking text line, 855-616-1620. If you're interested in talking to Mike, I'm sure he could answer some questions as well. Thanks for listening today. Get her done. It's the Fix-It Show on WTMJ. It is indeed. Dayton and David here with you. Thanks for joining us. 817, going to be partly cloudy and a high of 53 today. On with us for one more segment here is Mike Vitucci, property owner throughout the Milwaukee area, uh, both residential, uh, rental, also uh, commercial, retail, mixed use, mixed use, all kinds of stuff for the last decade. So we're kind of picking his brain when it comes to contracting and getting into the game, so to speak. So uh, a lot of kids these days are watching these shows where they can go in and flip a house in an hour, right? We're going we're yeah. to make this thing. It, it's a fix-it show, and it's an hour later. It's brand new and looking good. Is that the reality of it? What should people be looking for, Mike, when they're getting into this? Well, I mean, if you don't own any property and you're looking for, uh, you know, um, other forms of income, um, yeah, it's easy to watch these shows and say, yeah, I'm going to do that. But the reality is it's not as easy as, as it looks. Um, if you're if you're looking for a fixer-upper, well, then you better have a lot of time in your hands because if you're working full-time for somebody and uh, you want to buy a rental and you can only afford so much, 
that's probably the last thing you want to do because you're going to put a lot of time into that property. Um, but the other option is if, if you got money that you want to park and you're, you're okay with buying a property that, uh, that doesn't need much work and you're going to pay a lot of money for it, great, jump in. I mean, that's, that's a great way to get income coming in, but it's tough. Well, yeah, because yeah, not only do you have to maintain the property, you also have to rent it, right? Yeah. So if somebody's leaving or you don't have a tenant when you buy it, you got to get that step done as well. Right. That's right. Um, I, I always say build a relationship up with your with your banker. Um, make sure that you're pre-approved, what you can afford to buy, line up uh, uh, contractors you're going to use to do a, a real thorough inspection of that property. Um, usually, a lot of your realtors really help you with that too. They have a lot of contacts. That's your that's your best bet there. Um, but um, if you are handy and you can vet out a contractor because you know exactly what you're talking about, that's a win-win to own property. Yeah, I would imagine people who are <clears throat> a little handier. I've I've always thought about doing that myself, and I just never got into it. But to have a knowledge of of not only construction, just homes. The maintenance, everything that goes into them, the stuff that we talk about all the time on the show here, uh, would be very beneficial to to being that property manager, owning property, and, and making sure that the investment that you're making is going to pay off for you. I, I also recommend sitting down with people that own property. Build a group and say, hey, I'm thinking about um, buying a rental property. Bounce things off. Find your, find your comfort zone. Don't be afraid to um, ask the questions or jump in. I actually picked up a book. I remember this is a long time ago, and, I, and my son is now um, 17 years old, and, and he's reading this because I tried to instill a lot of this in my kids. So hopefully they'll they'll take what I have built up and, and, and carry it to the next level. But I picked up a book. It's, it's, it's called Buying and Selling Apartment Buildings by Steve Burgess. And I read through that book inside and out, and that gave me confidence when I was ready to make the plunge. I mean, I, I was handy. I just didn't – I wasn't ready to make the plunge and buy something. But now that I have, I wish I would have done it, you know, at a much younger age. No sure. question about yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show today. Um, this was great information. Yeah. I think for everybody listening, uh, whether you're a property owner or not, there are certain mm-hmm. things. I have one last question. When you are buying properties around the Milwaukee area, is there one or two things that consistently come up as being an issue in homes in this area that need to be fixed? Yes. Um, you'll find a lot of properties are outdated or they have that I, I like homes around the east side so you'll find homes that just need a lot of work like a lot of uh homes are over 100 years old so you don't see what's behind the walls you don't see the plumbing the, the um, cast iron stacks which are behind walls uh but plumbing issues foundation issues get it thoroughly inspected those come up all the time and windows Cost of materials, they are not cheap. <laughs> right. So pick, pick your window contractor. I found a good one. I'm very blessed, and um, I'm looking forward to the install. Awesome. Well, Mike, thanks so much for coming on the show. We appreciate yeah. you. 
All right, gentlemen, thank yep. you for having yep. me. Have, have a great a weekend. weekend. It is a fix-it show. Uh, I think we know an inspector that could help out if you're yeah, looking at so. buying properties, right? right? What's your What's your website? It's bestinspectionsllc.com. All right, David Nason, yeah. Dayton Kane here. Get your calls in. We will answer questions about fixing anything. We still have another 40 minutes to go. The old National Bank talking text line, 855-616-1620. Advice you can use. It's the Fix It Show on WTMJ. Good morning, Dayton and David here. Thanks for listening. Uh, Bucks Nets Monday night six thirty. You can catch that game here. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the inspection thing because we just got off the phone with Mike and he mentioned certain things that seem to come up. Foundations yeah, being right. one. We've got homes that were built in the eighteen hundreds around this area, right? So old we've got foundations. old old foundations. Um, what are some of the big things you consistently see when you do inspections? Well, he mentioned plumbing, and a lot of the plumbing we can't see if it's in the walls or under the floor. But there are things you can see. If you have an older home from, like, the 60s and earlier, you're probably going to have cast iron and galvanized uh, drain pipes if you go in the basement and see that. Probably the thing to look for is cast iron and galvanized piping will corrode from the inside out. Okay. And so if you look at your pipes and there's a little, like, knob. Uh, well, no, it's like this little knob of crust, like this, this little, okay. little, I don't know how to describe it, a nodule kind of thing of, of rust. And then there's usually a little bit of a, a stain right below it on okay. the pipe. Or maybe there's a drip on the floor. So what's happened is the pipe rusted through a little bit. and then From the, the inside. From the inside. And a little bit of water leaked out. Well, then that corroded the hole and sealed the hole. And then it'll rust a little bit more, and it'll leak a little bit more, and then it seals the hole and so huh. it says, to the point where it just rusts all the way through, and then, now you have a leak. And we're talking, if we're talking the three or four inch cast iron drain, that's a sewage drain. That's, you don't want that leaking. That's carrying, you know, your toilet water. <laughs> yeah. So you don't want that leaking. So the pipes that you can see in your basement, the, that's what you should be looking for with those. Um Wiring, he, he was kind of touching on a little bit too. Really old homes from maybe the 30s and earlier. You probably have uh, old cloth covered, dare I say, knob and tube wiring in the wall. Is that still around? Uh, yeah. Really? Unless unless you gut your house, the entire house, you really can't get at that. Yeah. And it's really not a danger. You do have to be a little bit careful with not. We have so many more electronics right. and everything in our, that we use compared to when that house was built. So you do have to be a little, that you don't over, over, I, I comment on, I was going to say overdo it with electronics. I'll comment on it in an older home. If there's just extension cords laying all over the place and, and um, what do you call those, those outlet strips yeah. in, in every room and everything, I'll say it looks like you, there's an overuse of extension cords here in, in an older home. I recommend having an electrician come in here and add some outlets and circuits for you. If you're, if that's where you're going to do, usually it's in duplexes, rentals, where you see that. Sure. Um, and because those a lot of times are the older homes. Well, so. and they didn't have as many outlets as yeah. they used to. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, exactly. now you go in a room, there's like 10 outlets in a room. Exactly. It used to be like two. Right. Uh, but that's, right. that reminds me of the scene from Christmas Story, right? Where he's trying to plug in his <laughs> right. leg lamp and he's like, oh, oh, yeah. and it's sparking. Exactly. Got to be so, careful with that. I mean, so plumbing, electrical, uh, you, like you said, foundations. And the thing to think, to remember is, Everything can be fixed. Right. Everything. It's so, just a matter of do you have the finances to right, do it? Right. Is that part right. of the plan? Right. And so having an inspection uh, is you definitely want to be informed. Uh, you know, a home inspector or building inspector, if you're doing a commercial property, 
That that person's not there to tell you whether or not you should buy the house. Right. They're there to give you the information so you can make an informed decision right. on whether or not to buy the house or the property. But, you know, of course, roofs, too. Uh, commercial, if you're looking into a commercial property, commercial roofs are generally more expensive. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're flat roofs. They're a little more inaccessible. Three, once you get beyond two stories, now you're not, you know, using your typical ladder. You're either using a lift or other, uh, scaffolding, cranes and things to get roofing materials up there. It's not, it's not hard to find a commercial building, say a, a four family, eight family building or something like this. And if it's a rubber roof or some kind of built up roof to, Easily be close to a hundred thousand dollars to replace a roof. So, right. um, and I, that that could be low sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So, so there are some bigger things to really have checked out when you're buying property like that. And, and like Mike said, he wish he would have gotten to it sooner. sooner yeah. Now that he does it, so it's right. not saying don't get into this. Just know what you're getting into. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, it comes down to knowledge, communication. The more you know how to fix stuff, yeah. maybe the easier this would be for you because you yeah. know what needs to be done and you're not going to get taken be, advantage of by yeah. be smart a about contractor it. coming in. So yeah. good stuff. I appreciate right. you having that knowledge yep. as well. So if it needs fixing, we can help. It's the Fix It Show on WTMJ. Good morning to you. Partly cloudy 53 today. Uh, Dayton and David here taking your calls and texts on the old National Bank talking text line at 855-616-1620. Uh, Wahi has a big event coming up this yeah, week. Right. Uh, I was here on Wednesday uh, on the afternoon news with John McCure and Greg Matzik. Uh, Julie Arnstein, the executive director of Wahi and I came in. We talked about uh, home inspections, the importance of them. We kind of hit on that at the end of the last segment there and why we do them. But um, who does home inspections? Well, um, trained and licensed home inspectors here in the state of Wisconsin. We have to have training. And so WAHI, which is the Wisconsin Association of Home Inspectors, I'm currently the president. Yep, make sure when you Google WAHI, by the way, it's home inspectors, not homicide, homicide investigators <laughs> or WAHI, right. the, the soccer player. Right. We're talking about WAHI, right. Wisconsin Association of Home Inspectors. Yes, we're, we're aware of that. Um, <laughs> So anyways, we're putting on a pre-licensing class for anybody who's interested in becoming a home inspector. Uh, that is that is uh, starting on Monday. There is actually still time to register. If you have any interest in at all in becoming a home inspector, you go to our website, wahigroup, W-A-H-I group.com, and you'll find all the information there about signing up for the class. Uh, it actually is in West Dallas, so it's right here in Milwaukee this time. And then, so that's Monday through Friday. The Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday portion are in classroom. And Thursday and Friday, we actually go to a house. We've found a house, two different houses, Thursday and Friday, and we do hands-on training. So several of us more experienced inspectors will be doing a one-on-one training uh, or maybe one-on-two, depending on how many people are in the class, and we'll be going and inspecting a house and teaching you how to inspect the house, what to look for, and things. So, so that's Monday through Friday, and then on Friday and Saturday is our annual fall seminar for existing home inspectors. So, existing home inspectors in Wisconsin, we have to have forty hours of training, continuing educating education training every two years. So, we put that on uh, Friday is uh, similar to the class. We go to a house and we do hands-on training on Friday, and then Saturday is an all-day in-class in conference room style training where we have we're going to have an electrician come in, uh, 
a plumbing contractor, heating contractor, and then we're going to do a roundtable at the end of the uh, and at the end of the the uh, day for talking about our standards that we have to follow, how our report should look, and then all, also ethics. Uh, ethics are very yeah. important. Uh, we're we're working as an independent inspector for the buyer. And so there are a lot of ethical standards and issues that we have to maintain when trying to be that that independent person that you're you don't seem like you're working for we're working for the buyer. We can't be working right. for anybody else. Right. So you have continuing education credits you have to take every year. And how many of those typically do you like if you're an inspector, how many of these things are you going to every year? So we have a fall and a spring so, okay. training seminar. So if if you go and we if you're a member of Wahi, we have chapter meetings, monthly chapter meetings, where we get training on those those meetings as well. If you're involved in Wahi and you go to your chapter meetings, uh, basically almost every month, you know, yeah. probably hit everyone. But if you go to those regularly and you go to these two seminars, you should get your forty hours. It's forty hours, 40 hours every two years, and that is keep kept track of. Like you have to do that to keep your license. Yes. Okay. So when we renew our license every two years, the state asks you, and they don't, they don't, yeah, you don't right. have to provide the uh, the, the receipts right, or proof. Like, but if you get audited, they will ask prove, provide proof. So whenever we do these, we get uh, documentation okay. that we did. We went to this class, and this is what it was for, and this is what we learned. So we do have to keep track of that. So this is legit. This is why when you're looking for a home inspector, you yeah. go to wahigroup.com right. and you find an inspector right. there. Yeah, and there are other organizations. I belong to the ASHI, which is the American Society of Home Inspectors, and there's some other groups as well. But WAHI is all about Wisconsin. The standards for home inspections are different in different states, and we have unique ways of we building houses and everything. We're not code inspectors, but the way things are built in Wisconsin are regional construction methods our weather and everything we all we all we teach all we learn about is inspecting a home or a property here in wisconsin right. we don't i don't want to be flippant or anything but we don't really care about what they're doing how they're inspecting in indiana or california california or, or montana different or buildings exactly different weather your license in wisconsin that's where you inspect and that's what we teach and that's what we focus on the Old National Bank Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. Somebody texted in from the 414. As a home seller, would it be worthwhile to have a pre-sale home inspection? What are the pros and cons of doing this as a seller? Uh, absolutely. Uh, this year, as the market has been a little different than more, I have probably done an equal amount of pre-sale inspections where you're during the real estate transaction as I have done either pre-listing, which he's talking about a pre-listing inspection, so before you put your home up for sale, whether you're thinking about selling in two months or five years, it's it's a good right. you know it's always a good idea, and also post closing. So the, for the people who are either in a really competitive situation, they had to forego the home inspection as part of their sale, having an inspection done as soon as you own the home. So those two type the pre-listing and post closing. I've probably done an equal amount of those as I've done the the real estate transaction. So sure. it's been becoming more and more popular. People have lived in their homes for 20, 30, 40 years or something. They've lived there. They have a comfort level with the home, but they're not sure exactly what a home inspector is going to look for. And so we can come in, give you 
uh, a very detailed inspection and a report. That report doesn't get shared with anybody else. It's confidential. That's why I think a lot of people don't understand. We're not giving it to the local building inspector and saying, hey, this house <laughs> has all these code issues. No, it's confidential. We give the report to you. You can use that then as your to-do list. Yep. Okay, i got to correct this. i got to fix this. Or depending on what it is, and if you are selling in two months and you're like, you know what, it, my furnace is 25 years old. It's running today, but it's old. You know what? Just disclose it. Yeah. It's an old furnace. It's working. Or if there is some some issue or something, just you want to be prepared. Like I said before, you want that information so you can make the decisions you need to make. Great stuff. Great stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Give us a call. We have a couple segments left. The Old National Bank talking text line, 855-616-1620. It is a Fix-It Show on WTMJ. Call with your problem. We'll try to solve it. It's the Fix-It Show on WTMJ. When it says they, it means Dayton and David, yeah. but mainly David. Uh, it is the Fix It Show. We appreciate you listening. You can always find us uh, wherever you get your podcasts on Spotify, Apple, uh, WTMJ.com. It gets loaded up there as well. Mm-hmm. We do have a text at 855-616-1620 that asks, how often should you get your radon tested? Yeah, so the the state of Wisconsin doesn't have any any regulations regarding radon currently. Um I'll, I won't get on, get on my soapbox about that, but so we follow the EPA's guidelines, and the EPA has quite a bit. I, I think even the state of Wisconsin has quite a bit of information on their Department of Health and Safety website. Generally, it's every two to three years. Okay, and and then if something changes dramatically around your home as far as the the ground, if you if you do some significant relandscaping, let's say you put an in ground pool in your backyard. Sure. You would you would definitely want to uh, have a test shortly after that because what what we're talking about is disturbing the ground soil the soil the in in groundwater possibly uh, so if you live in an area maybe right behind you is a farm field and then they put in a big development you, oh, would, yeah. you absolutely want Shift to in the test earth around yeah because this is a matter of of the the radon gas coming up out of the ground if you're in a neighborhood. An old neighborhood in Milwaukee, and I'm not telling you not to test, but if you're in an older neighborhood of Milwaukee that's been there for 100 years and you do a test and it's low, it, what's changing around you? Right. Probably not a whole lot. So on our Outdoor Living Unlimited side of the company, yeah. they put in decks and they use these like helical piers. Yeah. yeah. Is that enough, you think, to shift yeah, stuff yeah, maybe. that's worth checking? Yeah. I mean, anytime they go you're pretty deep, in, yeah, and, and until they clench, right. you know, until they really hit right. something solid. Anytime you're digging in the ground, sure. Okay. Sure. And and you can either have somebody like myself do a test, uh, or you can get these kits at a hardware store, big box store. They are quite um, accurate. They do a, they're they're these little canisters. They have a charcoal material in them. Okay. You just open up the canister. You leave them sit. Follow the instructions that come with it. Leave them sit for a, a period of time. It'll say in the instructions. Close them up. You put them. It includes a, an envelope. You put them in the envelope. You send them off to a lab. They send you a report back. I use what's called a continuous radon monitor, about the size of a shoebox. Right. And we just set it there, and it takes an air sample once an hour for the duration of the test. It's a minimum of forty-eight hours. We can we can run it longer. And then, um, and then I download the results onto my laptop, and I get results right away. 
It looked so. like when you did it at my house. It yeah. almost looked like the old battery charger. Sure. The old school battery yeah. charger where you yeah. So, yeah. Uh, worked well. All right. Good mm-hmm. Good answer there. Mm-hmm. One more question that we'll get to when we come back. We're yeah. going to take a, our final break of the hour. The old National Bank talking tax line, 855-616-1620. It's a Fix-It show on WTMJ. Like a user's manual on the radio. It's the Fix-It Show on WTMJ. Sponsored by JMB Construction and Siding Unlimited. Dayton Kane and David Nason, one final segment here. Let's get into another text right away at 855-616-1620. It says, good morning. Where do I find quality window well covers? What's best, flat or bubble styles? So let's talk about window well covering yeah. for some reason what, or for a while. Why do we use them to begin with? What's mm-hmm. the point of a window well cover? Well, a window well is... There to keep the earth, ground, whatever you got there, away from your basement windows. Right. Because you you really don't want the dirt piled up there against them. So if your ground, if your grading is up a little high and it's getting on your windows, you really should have a window well installed. Um, And to the window well itself, when you look in it, you should see gravel at the bottom. Yep. So there should be some gravel. Water can drain down and drain down along the foundation, get down to the drain tile. Newer homes, they even put a drain tile, you know, that connects directly to the drain tile around your foundation. Oh, really? I didn't so know that. So the water can go down. So if you don't have a window well cover, what can happen is your window well can be filled with leaves and other debris. Animals can get down in there, uh, possibly. And so if that bottom of that well gets covered, now it's not going to drain properly. And if it does fill up with a little water or a lot of water... Now that water can make its way through your window. Maybe the window's not closed completely. If it's an older uh, window, most new homes have vinyl windows that are probably have good weather stripping around them. But some of the older wood windows or right. metal, they're not sealing as well, and water is going to be coming in uh, around your windows. And so the window well cover will keep an excess amount of water or snow getting in there, but also all that debris. Um, which would be better, flat or bubble? It, it might depend on what what you can what will fit on your window wells. So, uh, for example, my my foundation is exposed about two and a half feet yep. above grade, so I could put a nice bubble type over that. Whereas, if your siding comes down pretty low and everything, maybe a flatter one would work a little bit better for you. I have both. So, so in the front of my house, I have yeah. a flat one. On yeah. the back of my house, I've got the bubble, bubble one because okay. I have the different areas that sure. I can cover. Right. So you don't have to have them if you're diligent about maintenance. Maintenance. There's that <laughs> yeah. M word. Keeping your window wells clear of, yeah. of debris. So, yeah. So I, that's what it's for. It's, yeah. It doesn't, not, not to keep the water out yeah. necessarily, but right. to keep it clean so that it drains properly right. when water does get right. in there. And I've seen them where it's be- they literally become a greenhouse for plants, sure, sure, because the sun's shining on them. So now it's really warm in there. If you get any any um, organic growth, weeds or anything yeah. in there, next thing you know, they're they're you know filling up the whole window well because they're they're growing so well. So and that that's a good point. Even with window well covers, every once a year, I always usually in spring, yeah. I'll go in and just check it and make right. sure it's empty because, you know, after fall and the leaves and things melt right. and things fall, what what's going on in there? So so don't caulk them to your house. Yeah, right. In, install them so that you can fairly easily remove them Yeah, and, and do some cleaning and maintenance and then put them back and everything. And just be aware, these aren't, 
I mean, there are. It, we did a little search. It looked like there's some companies that make some custom ones, so you can look for that. But the ones that you're going to find at a big box store, or hardware store, just understand what they are. They're fairly thin plastic. Yeah. The ultraviolet rays of the sun are going to cause them to break down and crack and things like that. So these aren't these aren't something that are permanent. Right. Uh, it's not going to last as long as the siding on your house or your roof. So just understand that you may be replacing them every couple of years. Uh, but it is a maintenance item. They can't, they're not too expensive, the, the ones we're talking right. about. So. All right, let's talk about next week because it's going to be a little different. I'm going to be on vacation, so yeah. I won't be here. Libby Collins filling in, sure. and you're not going to be in studio either. No, I, I mentioned a little bit ago about this training and the seminar that we're having, so I will be remote from our training on Saturday. So okay. it's right here in Milwaukee, but just the distance across town. I'm I'm already missing the very beginning of our training to be on the air. So I will be on the air, but just remote, not in studio with Libby. Right. So looking forward to that. Still a show from 7 to 9 every Saturday, right. the Fix-It Show. Uh, uh, thank you for all your participation today, mm-hmm. for the text, for the calls. David, of course, for your knowledge. Uh, always a good show. So yeah. coming up next, Rose Gray and the Fox World Travel Show. It is WTMJ. This has been the Fix-It Show on WTMJ. Advice and opinions expressed during the program are solely that of the hosts or guests at not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC.